0: Yeah, this is my life.
1: I'm done trying to convince people I'm real. Never. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. Today's episode is a primer for the New York City Marathon, which we have five athletes who are part of the Road to the Olympic Trials podcast uh, athlete roster. And I'm so excited to talk with them. So we did 10 minutes With each of them, 10 minutes or so, that's Lou Serafini, John Ranieri, Jared Ward, Kellen Taylor, and Roberta Groner, and we're putting this podcast out on both the Road to the Olympic Trials podcast stream and the Rambling Runner podcast stream. So if you are someone who listens to the Rambling Runner, but you haven't yet subscribed to the Road to the Olympic Trials, now is the time. We're now getting into the thick of it. November is around the corner, and shoot, we are only roughly uh four months, I almost said two, four months away from the Olympic trials, and things are getting very, very serious. We saw what happened in Chicago a couple weeks ago. It was just a fantastic race, especially on the men's side, where uh the American men really showed out, and it was a kind of a paradigm-shifting moment uh in terms of recent American marathoning success, and we'll see what happens in Chicago. I'm sorry, we'll see what happens in New York this coming weekend, and with all that being said, subscribe to the Road to the Olympic Trials podcast now so you can hear more of this content. Um, I, really ta- I really enjoy talking to all of the athletes who are going to be running New York City because I know they're really excited. And as you'll hear in a second, they're all feeling really good. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Hey, Lou, how you doing? Good, man, How are you? I'm so excited. All right, so we got our New York City primer episode. You're going to be the first person to do it. So, we're going to run down a couple questions that I'm going to ask all five of the athletes who are going to be running New York who are part of this show, and I'm excited not only for for, you know, to hear what you have to say, but for your race in general. Also, I should mention before we get going that we're going to do full after-race episodes like we've done earlier in this podcast series where we'll touch on the specifics of your training. This is more just focused on how you're doing and where you are in preparation for the race. Just a quick 10 minute little snippet, little bite before, uh, before the race starts. So with that said, what is your current fitness level right now on a scale of one to five, one being, Hey, I'm just happy to be here versus five equals, you know, I'm ready to run the race of my life.
2: Uh, Well, at the risk of sounding too confident, I think I'm as close to a five as I could be. Um, Everything's gone like perfectly smooth uh, as far as the training cycle goes, and I have definitely feel like I've taken on a little bit more than I ever have in a marathon build, and the workouts have been going really well. So I'm excited and uh, hopefully ready to take all this fitness and execute a good race.
1: How exciting. All right, so what is your current injury status or lack thereof?
2: Um pretty healthy, um usually a pretty healthy guy. I um have, you know, I can count on one hand all the injuries that I've had in my career, which is really lucky. I do have kind of like a tweaked knee sort of right now that it basically started acting up like right before the US 10-mile championships. Um, it's like the inside of my right knee just is a little bit tender. Um, and it's just been nagging since, and I've, I've gotten a lot of, um, PT done and some massage and it's just kind of, um, I'd say it's like hovering at like 90 to 95%. Um, it doesn't really affect my running, uh, too much. I just kind of feel it. And, um, I'm optimistic and I, I feel like uh, hopefully the taper will kind of take care of it. Um, but at the end of the day, even if I feel it a little bit during the race, I don't think it's going to be an issue. So um, I would say pretty pretty close to perfect. So.
1: so what do you have to do over the next week or so to make sure that it's as good as it possibly can be for the race day? Um, it's tough to say.
2: I mean, I think, like I said, the taper is going to help naturally just because the mileage is going to come down a little bit. Um, you know, I'll have a little bit more free time to take care of it. Um, but generally what I found is that, uh, the more I do like dynamic stretching before warm workouts and like the more that I ice it at night, uh, and really take care of it, the better it feels. And I think, you know, race week, that's when you're always hyper-focused on that stuff. So, Um, so I'm really just going to pay close attention to it. Try not to overdo it. Try not to cross any lines and aggravate it any more than it already is. Um, I got a massage, um, two days ago from a guy that I I don't get to see that often, but he's like really, really good. And, um, it feels good today. So, so I'm, I'm I'm hopeful that we're, we're kind of out of the woods. So we'll see.
1: So, you're not going to be touring the city on foot the day before the race or anything?
2: <laughs> no, but I do, have, uh, I do have to work a little bit. Um, we have a, a pop-up store for Tracksmith down there. Um, so, I'm down Thursday and I'll help with the setup on Thursday and probably work a little bit on Friday. And then um, they are very kind to me and I'll go back to the hotel and put my legs up uh, Friday afternoon probably for the rest of the weekend.
1: Ooh, that's not bad. And yeah, you guys have really been publicizing that. I've been seeing that everywhere. Um, not just, you know, I follow you on social media, but I feel like I've been seeing it a lot and, you know, not, not to like completely like turn this into a, a Tracksmith episode, but what exactly is that? Cause it seems like a lot of people are excited for it.
2: Yeah, we do pop-ups for all the major marathons. Uh, even Boston kind of started as a pop-up before we had the permanent shop here. Um, and we are starting to do the international ones as well. So we just added London last year and we're hoping to, to be in Tokyo and Berlin uh, next year. Uh, but we were just in Chicago a few weeks ago, um, as you and I were chatting about before. And we, we did a pop-up shop there. And then uh, we're in New York as well. This will be, the, th- I think, the third year we've done New York, um, I'm pretty sure. And uh, we always do a special collection. Um of gear that runners can come and buy on a starting Friday morning and we'll have some cool events going on as well. And, uh, we also do a cool thing where we stamp posters for finishers for free. So anyone can come by and get their time stamped on a poster after the race. So I will definitely be stamping posters all day on, on Monday. Um, so yeah, so th- they're usually a lot of fun. It's like super crazy. Cause we get all of like the Tracksmith super fans come out. Um, but it's always great to like, put faces to all of our customers and and just talk running. So.
1: Yeah, hey, who doesn't like doing that? Who's part of the running community, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. It's it's one of the more fun parts about the job, for sure.
1: All right. So, we'll talk about goals in a second. But do you have any specific race day motivations or mantras or things that you intend to think about or focus on during the race at least in the beginning when you know you're trying to kind of be settled or Things that you have in your mind for, you know, things that I can focus on if and when things start to really grind and get tough.
2: Um, well, for the 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 grinding and tough part, I think for me will kind of take care of itself. Hopefully, um, you know, if I can get to mile fifteen and be in a good pack, I, I think that's late enough in the race where I can tell myself like, okay, you can you can press a little bit, you can push a little bit. But my mantra is for this early on, early and often, I think. Basically, just going to be thinking about two things. Um, The first one, and probably the most important, is just going to be being patient. Um, So, almost the opposite of kind of how I approached Grandma's, and um, you know, not that one is better than the other, but at at Grandma's, I really wanted to be aggressive and you know, kind of see what I could do. And New York, I just really want to practice racing the marathon distance. So, I'm just going to be doing lots of mental checks early on, making sure that the pace is comfortable, the pace is controlled, um, because I want to be able to get to mile 18, 19, feeling really good, like I can close hard. And, you know, I think I would honestly, even if I lose 30 seconds or a minute in there because I I didn't go out as hard as I could have, I really want to be able to to close this marathon strong. Um, And I, I know if I do that, I'll come home with a PR, which is, you know, Always, always a good thing. Um, and I think, you know, depending on the day, you never know. New York's a tough course. And I think if you're finishing the fastest uh, over the last five, six miles, you never know who's going to come back to you. So, um, so yeah, I think patience, definitely. And then the second one, um, I'm just really going to focus on, and this isn't really a mantra, but, uh, but fueling. Uh, I feel like I just haven't quite gotten that down yet. And I've been practicing a lot this cycle with fueling. Um, I even did a 26 mile run where I was taking, taking something out of a a cup. Like you'd get on a marathon course every two, two to three miles. And um, I feel like I'm a pro at drinking out of cups now. So, um, so I'm really going to really practice um, or try to fuel early and often, um, for the first, you know, 10 to 15 miles to make sure that I'm not depleted at the end of the race. Cause that is something that always happens to me at the end. And, um, I feel like my fitness is always there when I go into marathons, but for whatever reason, I hit that 18, 20, 22 mile mark and it's just not in the legs. And, uh, I want to just exhaust all the options and, and make sure that, you know, one, I'm being patient and two, that I'm taking in tons of fuel so I can, I can really let it rip the last couple of miles.
1: Absolutely. And because, you know, performing at a high level requires you to be like in the best possible mental and emotional state. And that can be a holistic experience, not just, Hey, how is my running doing? How would you describe, uh, you know, your current mental and emotional well Uh,
2: it's good. I've had a lot of, uh, positive dis- distractions this fall. Um, falls tough for me, um, to focus on one race cause I, I really love racing. Um, I just I really love going out and uh, and running different races and and being part of team races. Um, but it's been good you know we I was traveling a ton for work to chicago and and Minneapolis and New York and Chicago again, and uh, those are always good positive distractions and um, you know I was in Lowell this past weekend pacing my girlfriend for a half marathon, and that's like a good positive distraction to have and, um, I think mentally I'm good. I can't believe the race is only nine days out. Um, it kind of feels like it snuck up on me and I feel like I've done everything that I need to fitness wise. So, um, now I'm just trying to relax and, um, do some good, uh, visualization on all my easy runs and, or is it the right? Did I say that right? Visualizing? Visual, visualization? Yeah, I think you got it. I think you got it. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, just try to think positive thoughts. So I'm, I'm definitely feeling good and feeling excited. So I'm, I get antsy every time. I haven't raced since the 10 mile champs, which was early October. And that's uh, three weeks. is Three weeks, four weeks is kind of a long break for me. Because like I said, I really like racing. Uh, so I'm getting antsy and I'm excited.
1: All right. So you've already touched on this a little bit, but what are your goals going into this race? And they can include time, pace, you know, feeling a certain way, um, overall place, improvement, kind of whatever, whatever comes to mind.
2: Um, I think, yeah, the, I already touched on the the goal of like wanting to finish strong, but I also definitely, I have a couple of time, time goals in mind. I think, um, Fitness wise, I, I think I definitely on a good day could be under two thirteen. Um, but I my PR is two seventeen. Uh, at the end of the day, like if if I walk away with a with a PR, I'll be happy. Uh, I'd really like to be under two fifteen minimum. I think that that's totally in the wheelhouse. I think that's going to be kind of the pace that I shoot to go out in. Maybe in like the two fourteen to two fifteen range, depending on how it feels on the day. Um, but uh, you know, as we talked about, like on the very first podcast I ever did, I I really try not to think about time when I race. I try to run off of feel and effort because I, you never know what the day is going to bring, and might go out and and feel awesome and and feel like you know 66 feels like a jog, and um or it might be 68 on the day and for the first half, and I I'm just going to really go out and try to. Run controlled. Um, the other thing I'd really like to do is just finish high amongst the pack of Americans. I know that um, that Jared Ward is running, and uh, he's probably the favorite for the American field. And then I feel like it kind of – I don't think there's any, like, super clear um, – you know, two, three, four, five order in there. I think you know we're all going to be able to get in a pack and work together and try to run fast. And I think some guys will probably be more aggressive than others. But I'd really like to just kind of keep all of the Americans in sight uh, for the majority of the race and, and try to finish up in the top five. I think that would be awesome um, and I thing that I could you know walk away feeling really confident because at the end of the day. This is this race. As much as I, I'm very fit, and I want to perform really well. It's still a learning experience. It's still learning how to run a marathon and how to race with these guys. And I want to be able to get on the line at trials and just completely throw it all out there and know that I can go and race and, and compete and, and finish high up. So.
1: All right, last question, and I didn't actually include this in our little pre-show notes, but I, but I figured it certainly is pertinent to some of the things that you're talking about and thinking about, is what did you learn, if anything, from watching and analyzing the Chicago Marathon?
2: Um, I think, uh, I mean, people are getting faster.
1: Uh, I think that that's, that was my biggest
2: takeaway. I mean, you had what, 10 guys run under 212 or something like that on the American side. I I think it's great, Um, really elevating the sport. And it's exciting for, I mean, I think you can look at it from from two angles, right? You can look at it and say, like, damn, like, why didn't I run Chicago? Like, that was the race to be in. Like, everyone ran super fast. Or you can look at it and be like, I've run with those guys before. I know I can beat those guys at, like, the shorter stuff or at least hang with them for most of it. Um, So, like, it's exciting for me to see you know some of my like counterparts go out and run so well um i think it's great for us distance running that you know the bar is being raised i think it's in a completely different place than it was in 2016 uh on the men's side where like i think you had a couple front runners going into trials and like maybe a couple upsets here and there but i think for the most part you know you had you had your front runners and then you had a pack of guys around 213 214 and now going in like maybe those front runners aren't there anymore but you've got a huge pack of guys that are going to be in that 210 to 213 range so um the bar is definitely being raised uh it was really cool to see that at Chicago and I I think everyone's just out there working together right now obviously everyone wants to make the team but um you know at the same time I think you're seeing a lot of Guys working together to continue to elevate the sport um, and, and get faster on the American side. So I think that was kind of the the biggest takeaway for me. Uh, I I could care less about the the shoes and the women's world record and all that stuff. I think uh, I think it's just great that people are running faster, uh, regardless of, you know, whether it's the shoes or, or just, you know, people working hard. So I think that that IAAF standard came out and I think everyone pushed the panic button a little bit, but I think as a result, we're seeing a lot of faster times, which is really cool. So.
1: Absolutely. All right, Lou, thank you so much for hopping on and good luck next weekend.
2: Thanks so much. I really appreciate it.
3: Hey, Roberta, thanks for hopping on. Hi, Matt. How are you? Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, my pleasure. I'm excited to do our full recap after New York to hear about this crazy six weeks post-Doha into the New York City Marathon. Uh, but before we do, let's do our quick little pre-New York check-in. So right now, how's how's the fitness level, one to five?
3: I would say, I don't four to five. All right. I mean, it's a new territory for me. I mean, I've never done two marathons in a five-week span, and uh, but all is good. I mean, I recovered. Well, I believe I got some key workouts in I was able to hit like an 85 and a 90 mile week before starting the taper. So I think all was good. I feel good. So. so
1: so is this normally how like fresh and snappy your legs feel pre marathon compared to other marathons you've done?
3: Uh, I mean, this week has been good. This past week, I tapered down to seventy miles, um, so it was a good week. The week before, I was feeling a little tired, but again, that was what three weeks out, so that's pretty normal. Um, so no, yeah, I mean, I think I feel good. Like they, my legs feel good. Um, I think we all, as human beings and marathoners, still always have a little like doubt in doubt anything. But it's like, oh, you know, did I do enough in the five four weeks? But hey, I can only do so much, right? So. I feel like overall, in the in the whole training cycle of the twelve to fourteen or fifteen weeks I've been training, I, I've you know done some higher mileage than I've ever done before and some key workouts. So I'm excited to see what happens.
1: That's great. All right. So from an injury status perspective, anything going on?
3: Nope, nothing's going on. I feel good. No injuries. Like I said, I recovered well. I took off three days after Doha, um, and then I guess. I haven't had a day off since, but you know, that's okay. <laughs> I just thought about that right now, but yeah, no injuries. Um, like I said, just general tiredness and you know how your legs are after a marathon. The first week was um, slowly getting back into it. It was like 50 miles that week and just kind of uh, getting, keeping the legs moving. Um, but other than that, no, no injuries to report.
1: Now, if, if things do pop up, is there like a certain area of your body that usually is the first thing to act up if things are going in the wrong direction?
3: Um, I mean, I, I don't we, do we all have little nagging things? So I <laughs> yes, my left exactly. Thing. Yeah. So, I mean, my left ha- hamstring can be a little tight sometimes and so can my calves. But again, um, once the taper starts and the rest, you know, recovery, you know, it starts to feel better. So usually my left hamstring though is usually the, the first thing that t- tends to start to uh, tighten up on me.
1: Got it. Okay. So for race day, do you have any certain motivations that you'll, that are inspiring you or race day mantras you'll be using to kind of get you through either the easy miles in the beginning to hold you back or some of the tough miles that, you know, will hit later in the race.
3: Um, I, I think, you know, I have the ones I use for worlds. Um, but I mean my biggest one right now, and I think is, um, success is a peace of mind knowing you've done your best. So like I said, I've, I've put the work in the last, you know, 12 to 14 weeks. Um, And whatever happens on race day happens, but you know, that is going to the start line. That's kind of my, um, that one and be anxious of nothing and grateful for all things are my two mantras right now going into the race because, um, it's just kind of what I believe in (laughs) and, um, yeah, to get me through the race, they're they're the same ones. they remember your wise, um, my kids, um, and my family and friends. So those are my key things that I try to during the during the race to remember. Um, but usually, when the going gets tough, at least when I did in Doha, it was that last lap or so was just all about my kids and my family and my support crew, you know, and all the work that I put in to get to there at that point to just not let myself down. So,
1: and obviously, that last mile. Just the the atmosphere during that race is going to feel a lot different than the last mile or two in New York, especially for you being seeing someone who lives in the in the close vicinity.
3: Yeah, no, I mean New York is crazy. I mean, yeah, so I, I live close by, so I do have a lot of support, um, a lot of friends that just come out to watch the race. So I do have like people at different mile markers that I know that will be there, but. Um, it's a dim- different atmosphere than like, you know, I just was at Worlds. Now Worlds was like different in its own level. But when it comes to crowd support, there's nothing like New York City, you know, so uh, I'm looking forward to the, you know, going up First Avenue, the roar coming off Queensboro Bridge, you know, I, I I don't know if you've run it before, but you know, it's pretty spectacular. So... <laughs>
1: All right, so how is your current mental and emotional well-being, all things considered, just holistically as somebody who, and we've covered this in previous episodes, who lives a very busy life?
3: Yeah, no, I'm not going to lie. The last two weeks was pretty tough. I mean, I've been kind of counting down to Wednesday, the 30th, because on Wednesday, after work on Wednesday, I get to go into New York City and start, you know, it's almost like um, my relaxation once I get into the city. Even though there's a big race, it's almost like all the work is done and now it's time to just relax and celebrate, you know, every mile. So um, yeah, it's, it was, like I said, last two weeks, just a lot going on with just general busyness of life, work, um, kids activities, very busy this time of year with, I have one in marching band and two in baseball, fall baseball. So we were busy a lot. And, um, and then also just a lot of like, I can't complain, but a lot of media requests, like local media requests. So I was doing a lot of some photo shoots, some video interviews. So, just trying to fit that all into my busy life as it is could be a little overwhelming at times. So, I'm not going to lie, I've been counting down to the 30th.
1: <laughs> and will you head into the city uh, at that time just to get time away?
3: Um, I do have some, uh, I have, you know, I, I go in Wednesday evening or Wednesday after work. Um through NYRR, I do have a couple obligations on Thursday and Friday, but they're they're fun. You know, there are um some media obligations Thursday. I have an ESPN two interview, I believe, also. All right. On Thursday. And then yes, and then Friday I'm doing um the live uh podcast with Lindsay Hine, which will include Sarah Hall and Kellen Taylor so yes, Taylor. Kind of yes.
1: So we've talked about that on this show. And if anyone's gonna be in New York, if the tickets aren't already sold out, like Hit that up. NYR does such a good job with those events around, you know, kind of their, their media and fun events around their big races.
3: Yes, no, it's going to be a great couple of days. Yeah, so, but not. But other than doing those couple of things, and then I am also running for Autism Speaks through um, for New York. Uh, so I do. I will go to a little charity luncheon on Saturday, and they asked me to do a little talk. But like again, all fun things, all uh, no pressure. Just kind of like I said, living in the moment and enjoying race race week. So. Yeah.
1: All right. So let's talk about goals for the race, and these can be. Time, place, feeling, pacing, improvement, whatever comes to mind, some some of the things that you're considering.
3: Okay. Um, I mean, I'm a competitor at heart. Again, I I, I don't want to preach. I I don't know the territory I'm in is unknown, but it kind of is, you know, doing two marathons, but I do feel good and the weather's looking great. Um, So I feel like I'm going to go out and try my best and hopefully it equates to, it it could be a PR or top 10. Um, you know, I I don't know. I again I just like I don't really have I guess like for me, like I said, it's like get to the line healthy was the biggest goal after doing a, another marathon. And um we are there. I'm healthy and uh so we'll just see what happens. Uh I you know, I get out there and see what the race brings. You know, you just don't know how the, what the pace is gonna be, who's gonna push it, when it's gonna happen, but
1: now have you always been that way in terms of the goals being more Process and training focus versus race focus, or is that just how it's gone this time?
3: I feel like it's how it's gone this time. I mean, like for Rotterdam, it was a little different. There was more of a specific go for under two thirty uh, time. Uh, New York is a it's a tough course. I mean, it's a it's a great course. It can be a PR course if you want it to be, you know. But it is a little bit harder. Some rolling hills or some bridges or Central Park. Uh, but I feel like at my fitness level, you know. In the weather, I would love to say that I could break 230, you know, who knows. So, um, but I don't know, maybe because I just did a marathon five weeks ago, maybe that's why I'm a little bit more relaxed about it, but, um, but yeah, so we'll see what happens. Like I said, I think the competitor, once the, once the gun goes off, it's game on. So
1: Absolutely. Well, I cannot wait to watch you. This is going to be so much fun. It's just going to be just like Chicago. It's a great field on the men's side and the women's side. And just like Chicago, it should be just such a spectacular thing to witness. Roberta, thank you so much for joining us and good luck.
3: Thank you, Matt.
1: Hey, Jared, thank you for hopping on. Obviously, this is a huge week that you've been planning for for such a long time. And while some, of the, some people out there maybe think I'm talking about the New York City Marathon, of course I'm not. I'm talking about Shark Tank, man. What a huge thing.
4: Hey, yeah, it was kind of crazy. Uh, fun, fun experience, but it's made for a wild week.
1: I can't imagine. Now, do you know it was going to come out the week of the marathon? Was that, was that part of the plan all along?
4: No. In fact, uh, you don't find out it's going to air until two to three weeks right before it airs. And so... We filmed back in June and we're just kind of waiting to see, um, assuming that our episode would air, but but not not for sure. And then we just got the word earlier this month and started getting ready.
1: That is awesome. All right. We'll talk more about that when we talk after the marathon and do our 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 recap uh, episode like we've done in the past. But with that said, let's get into the questions that all the all the athletes are answering prior to the New York City Marathon. First things first. How are you feeling fitness wise? One being not not as good as you'd want to feel, and five being as good as you can possibly feel.
4: You know, uh, I'm pretty close to a five. I uh, training's gone well. I think my strength is is as good as it was before Boston. My speed is a little bit better um, after after some speed work this summer uh, that I think I've kind of held on to, and and so I'm I'm pretty optimistic. And you know, you never. I always hesitate to speak too soon because you never really know till you hit mile 20 in the marathon how how you're feeling uh but but I'm pretty optimistic.
1: All right, that's that certainly is exciting. How about on the injury front? Anything big or little you're dealing with?
4: No, I've been I've been healthy. You know, I've had a a healthy 2019 uh all the way through and I'm feeling uh very very blessed for that.
1: Oh, that's nice. And I've talked to a couple of athletes. If, if things weren't going great, was there a specific uh, body part or injury that kind of rears its ugly head first if things aren't, aren't going uh, according to plan?
4: Yeah, you know, I've been – so in Rio uh, a few years ago, I – or even – through the buildup I started having these pelvis pain. Um and and it was related to abdominal muscles and then to groin muscles and 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 so that area um has been the game that I've been trying to figure out lately. And it's been different through different phases of of training and in uh, in high school, it was shin splints and that was the same through the first half of college. And then, um, and then it was kind of knees and, and still shins a little bit and, um, sometimes plantar fasciitis in, in college. And, And so it's different through phases, but lately it's been, it's been these, you know, this pelvis and as it relates to high hamstrings, um, groin muscles, uh, things like that. And so that's, that's really what I, look for and feel for and is kind of my indicator of, uh, of when I'm pushing things a little bit too hard. And, and I think over the last, uh, two or three years, I've got a little bit better at, uh, recognizing, uh, which, which pains mean, okay, we need to back off for a couple of days and, and nip this real quick and which ones are, are okay. Um, and and that's the game right when you when when you're trying to get the most out of my body um something's always hurting and it and it becomes a game of deciding if that thing that's hurting is something we need to worry about or if it's just something that's going to kind of work its own way out and and um pelvis has been healthy so so I've been blessed
1: oh that's great all right now you live a very busy life you got a big family you have stuff going on at BYU. You, As we just talked about, you have this thing with Shark Tank. you got a business going on. You do research. Uh, you're very active with Saucony as well. So how are you from a current mental and emotional well-being sense? <laughs> well, I think
4: I'm okay, but maybe, maybe that's a better question for my wife. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, but, you know, no, things are good. You know, I think the blessing of, of what I have going on is that I love Uh, all the stuff i'm involved with and so um you know it doesn't doesn't seem like i'm ever going to work very often uh and so i think it's been good and i and i think sometimes having a few things going on makes it so i don't just sit and think about running or i don't get tempted into trying to do uh more training than i should do you know i i think uh um it keeps me keeps me balanced and and I think that helps mentally and and sometimes it has that side effect of helping physically.
1: Yeah, I can I can I can believe that, especially if someone's pretty type A or extremely driven, if they only have one outlet for their energy, it'd be easy to overdo it.
4: Yeah. Yeah, and I and and I've certainly uh fallen prey to that trap.
1: All right. So let's talk about Uh, going into this race, do you have any specific motivations or mantras that you like to use either in the beginning of the race when you want to make sure that you're not overexerting yourself or later in the race, as you mentioned before, you know, mile 20 specifically when kind of the rubber meets the road and you really find out, you know, where you're at?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I always try to Put together, you know, based on what's happened in training and how I've uh, how I've felt and what's really motivating me through the race, I try to come to some sort of uh, power statement or mantra that's going to help me when I hit those those hard spots because I know they're coming. I, I know exactly what's coming in the marathon, and and frankly, sometimes it scares me uh, to think about how I'm going to feel at mile eighteen or twenty or twenty two, and um, but you know, I think about why I'm why I'm running, and and something that's been on my mind a lot lately is this idea of resilience. And I think I think a motivator for me as a runner has been to prove to myself that I am resilient, um, and and that was certainly true of through high school and through college, and and as I got into this uh, professional running. But I would say lately I've had this motivation to run to demonstrate resilience and hopefully empower other people to go be resilient at whatever they're doing. And, um, and that's been a motivation. And so as I've gone into New York, I've thought, okay, how can I, how can I go out there and be resilient in a way that's going to that's going to empower someone else to say hey i've got this big thing in my life i'm going to go be resilient cuz i can do it and um and so that's been sharing my story a little bit and that's been um you know trying to to tell the aspect of my story that's also vulnerable um how i feel and how i, I am nervous and what i'm nervous about and and so my mantra for new york is embrace it, figure it out. And to me, that kind of embodies this idea of, of resilience because one way you can be resilient is you can, you know, you can put on your shield and you can kind of hunker down and let something pound against you um, until either it gives up pounding or it cracks you open. But another way that you can be resilient, you know, I, I honestly I think of um, I think of Batman when he, he, uh, he goes to like um, face his fear of bats and he goes back to the cave and like steps into it and all the bats start flying past him. And at first he's kind of nervous. And then he like stands up and just embraces all of these bats flying past him. Right. And so there's two ways you can, you can be resilient. You can either just stay in a ball and let those bats hit you, or you can just stand up and, and let those bats fly past you. And I thought, it's, it's really more um, I don't know proactive to embrace it and so my mantra, especially as I get into those late miles as I'm going through the Bronx and heading back to New York that I'm going to be telling myself over and over is embrace it and then and then uh, the tag the cue for me is figure it out and um, and you know while while those miles scare me, I really trust that I'll be able to figure it out and um and so hopefully the mantra works.
1: Now do you have any goals for the race? And these can include time, placing, a feeling, um pacing throughout the race, improvement or whatever comes to mind. Absolutely.
4: I you know I've I've had a goal of finishing on the podium in a major marathon for a long time and um and that's not different for this race and I think given how well the training's gone um that's very much at the forefront of my mind. But you, you know it, I think I could have a good race and still not end up on the podium. Uh there's some there's some really, really good runners uh in the field. And and realistically for me to get on the podium, it's gonna take an A plus race for me and probably um an A minus or a B plus race for one of one or two of those guys. Um but, you know, I think much like um much like I've learned from from runners like Meb and Desi and Shalane. um if you show up enough times and you just keep putting yourself in it one, one time that, that window opens just to crack enough to slide in. And, um, and if I can be in a position to jump through that window, if it, if it cracks open um, I want to be there. And so, so really my, my goal is is to finish on the podium, but, but it's going to be a good race if I put myself in a position where I can uh, jump at the podium if, if the opportunity presents itself.
1: Well, I can't wait to see it. Best of luck to you, Jared. I know everyone is excited to see how the race will go. And yeah. good luck along the way. And I can't wait to catch up after the fact.
4: Hey, thanks a million, Matt. I appreciate it.
1: John, thanks for hopping on. How you doing? Hey, Matt. How are you? Uh, things are going well. Um, thanks for having me on again. My pleasure. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, to catch up with everybody before the race. We're one week out. So how is your current fitness level right now? One to five, five being the best.
0: Oh, man, five. You know, like it's definitely sky high right now. So um, I'm super excited for next weekend.
1: Yeah, I could tell in the conversations we've had before in just the way um, it just you could just tell online that you're that you are feeling it um, in a way that Maybe you haven't in the past and you answered so quickly too. You're like five, no, definitely five. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So with that being said, obviously you're feeling good. What's your current injury status like? Anything lingering?
0: You know, nothing lingering right now. Um, a week and a half back, I I like had a minor quad strain, but I ended up taking, you know, four days pretty easy and and that really did the trick. And I was able to do a pretty big workout after that. So just a little blip on the radar, but, uh, currently I'm very healthy and I'm just ready to run very fast. So I'm excited.
1: Nice. Now is, is a quad issue, something that, that happens from time to time, or is that kind of a random, a random injury?
0: You know, it was extremely random. Um, it just, you know, like it just happened on a bad downstep. Um, I was coming off a Hill and, I was hitting one of like the downhills on the rollers and Uh, just all of a sudden I just took a bad step and, uh, and, and everything just kind of spasmed about me.
1: Oh, how random.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was super random. Um, I mean, I still got in really good work that day. The workout was supposed to be 16 miles at a marathon effort and I ended up getting in 11 or 12. So all in all, it was still a really good day. Like I just had to call it early more so, you know, like than anything else.
1: Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. So, going into the race, what are your your race day motivations or mantras that you're going to be going into the race with?
0: Well, kind of first off, I believe that um, if you're in a really good spot, if you're in a really good just like mental headspace, um, you know, if life is treating you well in general, if, if you're happy, um, you're generally going to perform well. Um, so... You know, before the race, I always think about um, how fortunate I am have such good family and friends and uh, yeah. such a great coach and such a, like, such a great community to live in in Flagstaff. And, you know, most importantly, just having great people to train with and just, you know, just it's like it's super humbling. Um, so for me, it's just uh, like I'm trying to do everyone else good, you know. Um, like I feel like I kind of owe it to everyone else just to have a really – awesome performance. And, uh, you know, it's not just about me, it's about the greater good.
1: So you just mentioned this a little bit in your previous answer, but what is your current mental and emotional well um, holistically all things being considered? It's,
0: you know, it's pretty much sky high right now, man. Like I, but I'm just in a really good spot, you know, again, great family and friends and a great support system here in Flagstaff. And I couldn't really ask for much more. Um, you know, to go more in depth into your question, uh, some of the mantras that I do have on race day, like when I am racing, um, you know, is, and I think I mentioned it during the last interview was, you know, never settling, like just running the mile you're in and just always pressing, always pressing, always pressing. And even if that thought of settling, you know, comes across my mind, just never settle, never settle just, um, and just. Generally, I'll repeat that to myself and just the really hard times in a race. And that normally gets me through it.
1: Yeah. Because in our last conversation, you talked about how that wasn't necessarily how you've acted in the past. So that was like a hurdle that you wanted to overcome, you know, and you've done a pretty good job of doing so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and it just really takes yourself to just, you know, like to keep yourself accountable. No one else can. You can only do that. So, uh, you know, when it comes, I mean, like when it comes time doing the race, where you have to make that move, and where um, you know that's going to be your defining moment. Um, like mantras certainly do help, but it really, like, it really needs to come from within, you know.
1: Absolutely. All right, let's talk about goals for the race, and they can include your time, your place, how you feel, your pacing strategy, improvement, anything that comes to mind.
0: Yeah. So, like right off the bat. Um, you know, like I've talked to James, you know, about this at length, uh, we would like a top 10 or a top 15 in New York. Uh, it, it's just, we know we're fit enough for it. Um, we certainly know we could run that fast and, you know, we know we can compete. I mean, we did it before at the half marathon. Um, and we know we could do that at the marathon. Um, more so talking about time. I would say that um, historically, like 212 will get you top 10. Um, so we're just kind of gauging the first half, maybe at. One hundred two fifteen to one hundred two twenty, or maybe Oof. or sorry, one hundred six fifteen to uh, one hundred six twenty. Um, gosh, one hundred two, <laughs> uh, and or maybe or you know like uh, maybe even a little bit closer to one hundred six. So we can kind of hedge the bet because I know um, even if you run a good race there, you can positive split by thirty seconds.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Absolutely, and I appreciate you being open and honest about your goals looking forward. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah. So, um, like if I could elaborate a little bit more, uh, just kind of on the race plan too. I mean, just really to compete and beat people, to be honest. Um, that's, that's kind of what we're traveling to New York to do. Um, you know, uh, it's not going to be a time trial. We're going to go out there and compete. And, and if I run my best race, I'm like, I'm going to beat some very good
1: people. I love it. And obviously you guys have put in the work and you and you and you train in an area where you're able to make apples to apples comparisons to people because you see there's a lot of high level people where you're training. Yes. Yes. And
0: you know, like it's fantastic, you know, it's like you can see I don't know, like pretty much like any world class athlete on Lake Mary at some point in time during the week. Uh, you know, between the multiple groups that are here in Flagstaff. So, um, again, it's it's just really humbling to be a part of the community and certainly just really humbling to live here in general.
1: Absolutely. All right, man. Last question before you get going. What did you take from um, watching Chicago and seeing a lot of the people who are, who are peers of yours in the running community um, kind of working together and getting 10 people under 212?
0: Dude, it's about time, man. I mean, like, I saw it coming. I mean, it was, a like, it was a very, very, very good weather day in Chicago. I mean, like, pretty much minus a little bit of wind. But, um, you know, I think it was a really, just a really, like, big statement by the Americans. I mean, like, clearly, like, I think we have a lot more to offer. Um, and it was amazing seeing 10 guys under 212. Like, just just having that day, just being there in that moment, experiencing that must have been um, just surreal. Um, you know, uh, I mean, when I saw Parker ran like 210, I I was so excited for him um, because he's been working so hard for that for such a long time uh, and he's been putting in so much work and he's just such a good dude in general that like I'm – Just extremely happy for him and it's fantastic to see him get that result.
1: Absolutely. All right, John, one week away. Good luck with your taper and I can't wait to see you put it down at New York.
0: Absolutely, man. I'm excited and thank you for having me on.
1: Hey, Kellen, thanks for hopping on the show. Yeah, happy to be back. All right. So first things first, how's your fitness level? One being not that great and five being the best you've ever felt going into a marathon?
5: Um, Fitness level is probably about a five. Um, I've been a little bit sick, kind of ran into a couple of rough weeks um, in terms of staying healthy, but my fitness is very good. It's definitely there. I just kind of need to have everything else come around here this week, and I think I'll be ready to go.
1: Oh, that is exciting. All right, let's talk about um, injuries, Uh, what you've been dealing with or not dealing with, or just how you feel on that front.
5: Um, injury wise, I'm pretty good. Um, you know, nothing, nothing really out of the ordinary. I kind of usually have a little bit of, um, stiffness up in my, my T-spine. Um, so just kind of trying to, uh, you know, stay on top of that. Um, but other than that, nothing really out of the ordinary. Um, just trying to stay healthy, um, overall, which has been my biggest challenge here for this segment and for my last segment, Prague. Um, You know, but, you know, just kind of roll with the punches and do what you can do. And hopefully you can get to the start line as healthy as you can be and ready to roll.
1: All right. So do you have any race day motivations or mantras you're going to be using at any points during the race?
5: Um, You know, I thought about it a lot this segment because I almost always have something that just kind of pops into my head one day. Um, And the only one that really popped into my head and kind of stuck was like, it's your turn. It's your time. Um, so I think I'm going to be thinking about that, you know, throughout the race, like whenever it gets hard, like, you know, everybody hurts. This is, it's your time. It's your turn to do something special. Um, so hopefully I can channel into that on race day.
1: All right. And how are you feeling holistically, both mental and emotional wellbeing, uh, coming into the race?
5: Um, I feel pretty good. I think that, you know, whenever you have a little, uh, hiccup. In regards to whether you're in, you get a little injury um, or you get sick, it kind of puts a little bit of a damper on the training that you've done. Um, you know, the fitness is still there, but in your head, you kind of go back and you're like, "Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe that great workout that I did isn't there anymore. You know, it was last week. Of course, it's still there. The training's still there, <laughs> but you know, some some of those doubts kind of creep in, and you just kind of have to do your best to, um, you know. Tell yourself that you're ready, um, because usually that is the case. You are ready. You did the work. And just because one thing didn't go perfectly doesn't mean that, you know, the stuff you did do um, that went well is was for nothing.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. Okay, so let's talk about goals for the race. Do you have any, including time based goals, a placing, feeling uh, your pace throughout the race or improvement or anything else that comes to mind?
5: Um, I don't really have a time time goal. Uh, New York is, uh, you know, it's not the fastest course in the world. You can certainly run fast. Um, But there, I think it's more about placing, you know. Um, If you place top three and you run a 230, it gives a cred that you're in a 230. They're like, you were just on the podium at New York City. Um, So it's more so about positioning. Um, and That's exactly what I would like to do. I'd like to be on that podium.
1: All right. Well, Kellen, this is this is a short, quick primer before we get into the marathon. I'm excited to talk to you after the race. Best of luck to you moving forward. And I hope you have a great last taper week.
5: Great. Thank you.
1: All right. Thank you to Kellen, Roberta, Lou, John and Jared for hopping on the show. This was a lot of fun and I'm really excited to talk with each of them after the marathon and hear exactly how it go, how it went and dive into exactly what they did in the lead-up. Because, you know, in this episode, we really didn't talk about that. We just talked about the present moment, how they're currently feeling, in their outlook for the race. But... It's nice to hear exactly what went into that. And that's exactly what we'll be doing in the coming weeks uh, on this podcast stream. So, again, make sure you're subscribing to Road to the Olympic Trials to hear all of this and more moving forward. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening, rating, and reviewing the show. I couldn't be more appreciative. Thank you so much, and happy running. This has been a production of the Rambling Runner Podcast Network. Thank you to my producer, David Margetti from InPost Media. Also, thank you to MetaP for the music and his song, Evolution.